You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, John. I'd like to thank you for agreeing to um, do this spotlight interview with me. Thank you for asking me. I'm happy to be here this morning. All right, awesome. So what I'll do is I'll start off reading your bio and then um, just ask you a few questions. Sounds great. All right. So Jennifer Sigvigny Durand is a founder of Durand Family Law LLC in Canton, where she brings over 20 years of experience representing clients in family law cases such as divorces, custody, parenting disputes, modification actions, and prenuptial agreements. She has been named a Massachusetts super lawyer since 2015 and was recognized as a top lawyer by Boston Magazine in 2021 and 2022. Before founding Durand Family Law, Jennifer was a partner at the firm of Schmidt and Federico PC in Boston. She has experience with litigation, mediation, and conciliation and trained conciliator and mediator. While she is comfortable inside the courtroom whenever possible, Jennifer strives to resolve cases and obtain the best results for her clients without the need of court intervention. So that tells me that you can be a fighter, but you probably want to be a peacemaker out of the gate. That is exactly right. So what do you find, like when people want to go and just fight it out, like what percent actually end up settling? I would say at this point, uh, close to 90%. There's a small percentage of cases that actually go to trial. Um, and sometimes you get really close, you know, sometimes a month away from your trial date before you actually settle. Yep. Uh, but sometimes it's the cost of actually putting together the exhibit books, putting to actually starting the trial prep, because that's where the real costs of trial are starting to tally up. And once you start, a client starts to feel those costs and they look at what the offers are on the table and how far apart they are financially yep. um, or in terms of you know parenting schedules or whatever else may be contested, suddenly the costs of a trial and what they might be able to settle on for both sides suddenly aren't really that far apart. Okay. The question I have, because I noticed that you get into the prenuptials, what, what's the dynamics with that? Is that almost like, in a weird way, like a will, like a death of a marriage? Is that? Um... Yeah, it's um, prenups come up in a couple of different places. Sometimes they come up with second marriages where people okay. have been married before and their marriages have ended in divorce and they have children from a prior marriage and they're getting married again. And they're looking to having gone through the divorce process and knowing what that entails, they're looking to preserve the assets that they have for their children of their first marriage. Um, and now with people getting married later in life, um, they're looking to, they've accumulated assets when they are getting married. Yep. I hate to sound old at this point, but people are getting married in their thirties and they've worked and they've accumulated assets and they're looking at it saying, you know, we've both walked into this marriage together with some assets. And if we get divorced, we want to protect the assets that we've come in with and we'll decide 
you know, part of the prenup is what are we going to, what's going to become a marital asset that we are going to divide if we get divorced. The prenups can also govern in the event of death. And you see that more with people who are getting their second marriages, they're getting married later, they've accumulated assets and they're looking to preserve those assets for their kids from their first marriage. Okay. So I mean, I see different areas that you're an expertise in. So Family law, what what drove you to the family law practice? In law school, I took a family law class my second year, and I loved it. And then did a co I went to Northeastern, so Northeastern has co-ops. like The law school has co-ops just like the undergrad does. And I did a co-op at Greater Boston Family Service, Greater Boston Legal Services in their family law unit. And it was amazing. I had an amazing supervisor, and she let me go into court. I was a as a law student, if you have taken evidence, you can get what they call 303 certified by the Supreme Judicial Court. And I had gotten certified. So she would let me go into court and she would stand behind me, but she would let me argue cases. And I was allowed to have client contact and argue cases. And it was amazing. <clears throat> and oh, amazing. I thought, yeah, it's amazing. And I thought, well, this is great. I get to have client contact. I get to go into court. I get to be what I thought a lawyer was going to be. I'm not sitting in an office reading contracts and not ever talking to a client. Yeah. And after that, it kind of sealed the deal for me. And that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I got to love that co-op. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Highly yeah. recommend it. It's an amazing, yeah. it's an amazing program. No, I did that too. My, my other life, I was an engineer and I went to Northeast and I did the co-op. So I'm um, well familiar with that. Yes. Um, so someone that's thinking about going through a divorce, they don't really know. Like any heads up advice, like the, maybe the first step they should take. Yeah, I mean, I I like to say to clients that divorce is a continuum, and some people enter the continuum. Sorry, John. Um, no. Some people enter the continuum, and they know it's okay. They know that their marriage is over, and they want to get divorced. And other people this is coming at them out of left field. They didn't really, they, they would say that their marriage was great and they never knew there were any problems and they are, this hits them out of left field. And the, eventually the divorce, the marriage is going to end. Massachusetts is a no fault state. So this yep. marriage is going to end, but the process, how well and how smoothly the process goes sort of depends on bringing the person who is getting hit out of left field along the way. And sometimes that process happens smoothly. And sometimes yep. it happens not so smoothly. And for the person who is wants this divorce to happen, you know, yesterday, yeah. you have to kind of, okay, got to bring them along. It's going to take time. And it's, it's not sort of winning every battle because that doesn't do you any good. Right. But let's sort of get this get this through. We have to make sure this is going to happen because at the end of the day, you're looking to make sure they come out on the other side with as much intact, and I don't mean just financially, but emotionally, everything, so that they can move on to the next phase of their life. So there is life after divorce after all. There is life after divorce after all. There is, yes. Yeah. And, and so, so I imagine when you're talking to the folks, you, you know, I guess the first thing is what's your vision? What's your goals? What does this look like? What does your life look like after all this is done? 
Right. Yeah. What do you what do you want? And, you know, some clients walk in and they say, I absolutely want to keep the house. Okay, what does that mean for you? Does that mean that you want to keep the house to the exclusion of every other asset? And what does that financially mean for you? And what is the house going to cost? Can you afford to do that? So before you sort of say, absolutely, you know, lot in the sand, I want this house. What is that going to cost you? And does that mean that you, 10 years from now, you're barely hanging on to this house and you have no retirement assets and nothing else because you've kept it? So let's think about that. Try it. When clients walk in with that, I try and say, okay, let's open up the, your mind to other possibilities. And if you absolutely want this house, we can try and figure out a way to do it, but let's not be quite so hung up on, I need the house or I need this because they are give and take to those things and they have consequences as well for you. Like it, for me, it doesn't matter if that's what they want, but I wouldn't want a client to sort of have that position and then they end up being cash poor or house poor because that's what they've, the position right. they've taken. Yeah, they got it. They get, that's why on my end, I recommend they get actually go through a pre-approval um, to see what that looks like. Right, right. Yeah, all that. I mean, so, I mean, what, would, what do you think they should look for if they were trying to select, a, say, a divorce team, whether, you know, a lawyer, a financial person, what have you? Yeah, I always tell clients, you should interview a couple of different people. You know, if they're interviewing me, interview somebody else because it's someone that you can envision yourself working with. Do you feel like, you know, my my oldest used the word vibe. Do you feel like you can vibe with this person? Yeah. Do you feel like you can work with them? Is it someone that you feel like you can get along with? It doesn't have to be someone you want to go out and and socialize with. You're not they're not your friend, but someone that you feel like, okay. I, I hear what they are saying. I feel like I can work with them. I feel like we have some kind of a connection. That's for uh, an accountant, a financial planner, a lawyer, a mediator. And if something about that person doesn't, you know, you're like, I don't know, then move on. Interview somebody else. Don't right. feel like I have to interview one person. And if we have a connection, that's it. Or I don't know, somebody recommended them. So I should just hire them. You should interview a couple of different people. Okay, that's great. And do you have a final thought you'd like to leave with us today? I mean, divorce is really hard, John. It's really hard. You know, yeah. it, it upends everybody's life in so many different ways, emotionally, financially. People lose friends because, you know, you're friends with somebody and friends feel like they have to pick a side in the divorce. It messes up kids' lives. People, kids go back and forth between houses. It has financial consequences. It has emotional consequences. There is life on the other side. It just, it takes time to get there. You know, divorces, unfortunately, don't move fast for a variety of reasons. The court system is still really slow from the pandemic. Hopefully that's going to move faster. There's pending legislation about adding new judges. And that will hopefully affect the backlog. But there is life on the other side. It's just sometimes you have to be a little bit patient to get there. Oh, that's great. So how would someone get a hold of you if they wanted to uh, talk to you? Uh, you can go on my website. It's DurandFamilyLaw.com. And uh, that has information and my uh, my contact and my phone number for the firm and my email address, if anybody is interested in that, is jennifer at durandfamilylaw.com. And those are sort of the two best ways to get in touch with me. All right. Well, this has been great. You, you, I, I feel like I'm uh, amongst royalty here. <laughs> <laughs> 
you are too kind, but you are my biggest advocate. I wish you could go out and like a speaking tour for me. I will. Absolutely. And uh, all right. So this has been great. So Jennifer, you have a wonderful day. Thanks, John. You too. Take care. All right. Let's see it. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.